What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about a way to never sit in a doctor's office again. No waiting rooms, no waiting for a doctor. That is with Zoom Care. If you hate going to the doctor, just like the rest of us, check out Zoom Care. The one great thing we can take away from the pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own home. And nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor for that matter. But we all need to take care of ourselves and still see a doctor, talk to doctors. So they have Zoom video care. Video care is like a trip to is, is a Zoom trip to the doctor just from your couch. You can see here and chat with your doctor just like the traditional office visit. And guys, it all you have to do is just join the Zoom with your doctor and boom, there you go. There's no driving to the doctor's office. There's no waiting. There's no signing forms while you wait. There's no sitting in the actual uh, room while you wait for a doctor. All you have to do is hop on a Zoom and you get to talk to a doctor. So make sure to check them out over at zoomcare.com. That's Z-O-O-M care.com and save some time while taking care of yourself. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only NVR Broncos podcast on this Monday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. So make sure to check out MSU Denver Online, where they have over 750 classes and 40 different online and hybrid programs. Check them out. MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking, man? The Broncos did not take this weekend off. They didn't take this weekend off. And uh, I was going to say, it's another snowy Monday here. That's what's yes. shaking right now. I've got, I'm looking out the window, and so big, fat flakes are falling. Mm-hmm can't wait to uh to to drive in this stuff today because unlike last monday the city isn't shut down things are going on my daughter's already at school so we're gonna keep going i'm gonna keep going and the broncos this weekend really kept going they certainly did of course mace the bears finally released kyle fuller after delaying it a day or two trying to find a trade partner and while the bears delayed it the broncos didn't delay anything i mean within half an hour of kyle fuller hitting the transaction wire boom he was signed one year nine and a half million dollar contract the broncos land an all pro a pro bowler and mace apparently vic fangio's best friend yeah, I mean, it came together really fast. Of course, they've played golf in the past, and uh, uh, that's that's sort of a, a story that kind of is a big part of Kyle Fuller's development with the Bears. But um, 
Yeah. Kyle Fuller was never better in his career than he was with Vic Fangio, particularly in that season of 2018 when he was an all pro and a pro bowler and Vic Fangio's defenses, you could say have never been better uh, than in 2018. Of course, not that Fuller was the biggest piece of that. Khalil Mack was kind of the final uh, piece of that puzzle, but Fuller was a big part of that. Now he's a Bronco, a one-year, $9.5 million deal, Zach. That's win-win for everybody. The Broncos upgrade their cornerback room, and Kyle Fuller gets a chance to hit the market next year. That You're starting to see a lot of one-year deals league-wide because of the allure of that market. Denver has its best secondary since the salad days of the no-fly zone, even with safety still to be determined next to Justin Simmons. Man, it's now you can start having some legitimate hope here that this defense can can carry the Broncos to a pretty good season. I I still think they've got to figure out uh, Drew Locke and what he can do and what they get from the quarterback position, and that's going to determine the ceiling of this team. But I think that we now know the floor of this team is raised, and I think even if the quarterback position struggles, Zach. I think people should expect at least a winning season, nine and eight minimum. Ooh, there we go, Mace. I love it. And you're right. This defense is so exciting. Th- this was a huge win for Vic Fangio. This this past week was really George Payton saying, Vic, I'm going to give you every opportunity to succeed. Instead of taking $18 million from Von Miller and spending it maybe on the offensive side or splitting it up, I'm going to give you a potential superstar in Von Miller for this year, th- this prove-it year for you. I'm going to go out and not just upgrade our cornerback room one time, but I'm going to upgrade it two times. And Mace, the only piece that this defense has has really lost in terms of starters is Kareem Jackson. And there's some talk that maybe even he will come back uh, on a reduced deal. So we'll follow that. And so Mace, what, what George Payton has done in this past week is he's added Kyle Fuller, who is a true number one lockdown cornerback and the perfect cornerback for Vic Fangio. Like you said, he had his best year of his career in 2018 when he was working with Vic in the last year that those two were together. He was an all pro. He was a pro bowler, first team all pro. And also he led the league in interceptions with seven. That's exactly what this defense needs is turnovers. And Kyle Fuller brings that. Whereas Ronald Darby doesn't bring that. But so what you add with Kyle Fuller is a playmaker, which you absolutely needed on defense and a top 10 cornerback in the NFL. So a true number one, what you added with Ronald Darby one week ago is a true outside cornerback who is also a a potential number one cornerback in the league. You know, he, he's a top top 32 cornerback win healthy. And then what do you already have on the roster? You have Bryce Callahan, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So, and then what would you also do? Well, you signed Justin Simmons up long-term to a record-breaking deal. I mean, this secondary is as good as can be. And then you look up front and you get Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, who you cross your fingers, both are going to be healthy this year. And you can see what to do. This should be pretty easy for me to coach this team and have success, Mace. And then you throw in the fact that you have Vic Fangio out there, you know, one of the best defensive minds to ever play like like you said that this is very exciting for what this team can be well let's not get carried away i think if you or i were coaching this team we might be able to figure out some of the tactics but maybe the uh the management of personalities uh might come into play because you've got a lot of very accomplished players and personalities in that room uh you've you know von miller 
been an all pro. Kyle Fuller has been an all pro. Justin Simmons has been an, has been an all pro. So that's the only thing reason why I'm not going to say I could get this defense to a top five finish, but I think uh, you the, could. Ah, uh, uh, well, I appreciate your confidence in, in me in, in that regard, Zach, but the talent is there. And, and the funny thing is some of these part the, these pieces we're talking about, um, they, you know, they may be joined in terms of maybe not being all pros, but outstanding contributors by guys who could develop this season. I mean, what if Draymond Jones takes the next step as an interior pass rusher beyond what he did last year, which is certainly uh, pretty good. I mean, I think you could let go of Jarrell Casey because Draymond Jones could become what you were hoping Jarrell Casey would be this year. You bring back Shelby Harris. You, you, you kept Mike Purcell. I mean, really once you get a safety in there, just to say, okay, this guy can start. And again, Will Parks probably makes the most sense there to bring him in on, say, a one-year, $2.5 million deal, kind of like the deal that he got from the Eagles. Uh, then you, you can say, all right, we don't have to draft a defensive player if we, if we don't want to. We've got a lineup that we can win with that can actually be dominant for this year. I mean, you kind of look toward the horizon and you can say, yeah, Von Miller, one-year deal. We maybe got to get a developmental edge rusher. Uh, a safety on a one-year deal next to Justin. We got to make sure we get a safety kind of developing. Uh, Bryce Callahan last year of his contract, and of course uh, Kyle Fuller on a one-year deal. Okay, look on the horizon. Cornerback is an area that you still want to fortify, but you've taken yourself once you get Will Parks in, or you get a safety you can start. You've taken yourself out of the position where you say, all right, we have to go for a defensive guy early. Uh, you can see how the draft board falls and just play it as it lies. And that means, I think you allude to this this weekend, you're in the quarterback conversation, the draft now. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and firmly Kyle Fuller. I, I think the Broncos we're at the, at the point where they could say, okay, they don't have to take corner in round one when they sign Ronald Darby because they could have gone Darby, Callahan, OJ Moody. Now you're at the point where you say, all right, if we draft a corner in the first round, that's well and good, but where are we going to find snaps for them in year one uh, before anybody gets hurt? And, I mean, really, I think kind of the big fallout from this is the Broncos are almost certainly out of the Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, the second conversation. And uh, into certainly they're in a trade down conversation. I still think that's the most likely outcome, but you are, you are in the QB conversation at number nine. No doubt, no doubt about that. And with what you've taken care of, you're in a position where if you want to move up and you say the second round pick to do it, you can, if, if you say, Oh, we love us some Justin Fields, but we gotta, you know what? We know he's not going to be there at nine. We got to try to move up, even though I know some mocks have said fields could drop to nine, but you, you don't want to chance it. Well, you could take that second round pick and probably get to seven and jump the Panthers, perhaps, mm -hmm. if he's your guy. Now, if you want, if, if Zach Wilson is your guy, you're going to have to do a lot more work than that. But the point, and if Trey Lance is your guy, you may have to do a lot more work than that. But at least now you've put yourself in a position where you don't have to take another, another spot on the team to fill an immediate need as long as you take care of safety here in the next uh, starting safety in the next few weeks you can go qb you can make an audacious move you you're you're able to do that you're able to use your number nine pick 
or even higher on a guy who may not start for you this year if it's a Trey Lance. Yeah, and Mace, that's something that just makes this move even that much more exciting. We talked about how good this defense could be and really should be. I mean, they should absolutely easily be a top five defense, if not top three. And it's not crazy to say that they should be the best defense in the league by signing Kyle Fuller, but it opens up the first round so much and gives hope Mace that they could go first round quarterback. And then what would you have? Let's say you hit on a first round quarterback. And and I don't even care if you give up another first round pick in order to get, get up and get him a second round pick, or you just stay at nine and get him. And what happens if you, if you hit on him? Well, he doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes. If he just turns out to be you know a a good first round quarterback which you know borderline top 10 probably top 10 eventually then you have your favorite thing cost controlled quarterback drink on this monday morning and then (laughs) and and then you get to continue to spend money on defense you can continue to give vic fangio the kyle kyle fullers of the world this deal with kyle fuller only one year you could extend him after this season because you would have the flexibility to do that. You'd be able to sign Cortland Sutton, no offense, that it would just be huge for your team. So I just love this move so much. And like you also said, it frees up what you can do in the draft. If for some reason the Broncos don't want to go quarterback, which would be my path right now is going quarterback, if they don't want to, then anything's open. You can take best player available. You could take Kyle Pitts if he's there. If you want to take a gamble on Michael Parsons, you can do that. Uh, There's going to be some good players there outside of quarterbacks, just because I think there's going to be a huge run on quarterbacks and the top eight picks ahead of the Broncos. Or like you said, let's say there's a quarterback there and you want to go Drew or or you sign Marcus Mariota if the Raiders ever release him or something like that. Hmm. You can trade back easily. Yeah, you can. Uh, now, one thing about Parsons, of course, as we're, we're going to get into him further as the draft nears. I mean, the character concerns are off the charts mm-hmm. on Micah Parsons, particularly in regards to uh, some hazing things that have been brought up uh, coming out c- coming out of Penn State. And one thing I can say that is on the mind of minds of people at Broncos HQ is the culture and uh, we're hearing players talk about how like Shelby Harris mentioned it last week. George Payton wants to kind of change the culture, get it right. Um, Some of that is rewarding players that you draft and or develop. But part of that is just making sure it's a better locker room, better building in general. I think Micah Parsons would work against that. I think Micah Parsons might undermine some of the work that you've done to try to change the culture. So uh, I I think the Broncos aren't in a position where he, he really should be that he really should be the guy you know, Someone like Trey Lance, I think, would change the cult, would would be a positive guy culture-wise based on everything we're learning and we have learned about him. You know, Justin Fields is a guy who kind of stepped in and, uh, you know, he he would bring tenacity and toughness to the culture. I mean, we t- we yeah. saw how injured he was uh, going in the college football playoff, and he went out there and played and had a terrific game when he was clearly injured. And so that's a sort of a toughness to the culture without the baggage that a a Micah Parsons would bring. I think so. These are things that you're you're kind of looking for as you're as you're piecing together of the roster. The other, of course, trading down may be kind of the sensible call. And if they do trade down, then I think that puts you squarely in the Najee Harris conversation. It's Mm. not a quarterback. And I know I can hear. Some I can hear some of you listening right now screaming, don't take a running back in round one. The value isn't there. You know what? 
I'm I'm with you on that. I'm just saying that Najee Harris is something that that could be a possibility here if the Broncos trade down and you pick up extra capital. Maybe that extra capital is for next year, and you go into that and go into that quarterback market. But you know they've they've taken a situation where it, where they were really kind of in a position where they would have had to take quarterback or or corner. Pardon me at number nine if if they had not made if they'd not made the Darby and Fuller moves, if there had been lesser moves there, then they would have, then they would have been locked in to corner. That would have been a necessity, but they didn't do that. Now they've, they've got a top shelf cornerback core for this year, at least. And I think they're, and because you want that first rounder to really help you right away. I think uh, you're in position to go in other directions in round one. And, uh, that allows you to let the draft come to you rather than having to overplay your hand in the yep. draft. Yep. It's, a, it's yep. a big spot. Yep, you're exactly right. And Mace, the Broncos, if when healthy, and the good thing about Kyle Fuller is he's a guy that is very healthy. In fact, over the past, I believe, four years, has played more snaps than any other cornerback in the entire NFL. And we heard how that's important to George Payton. He spoke on that on Thursday night, kind of giving us a preview of what was to come with Kyle Fuller if he was available. Uh, and so the Broncos have the three best cornerback group in the league win healthy so that win healthy is going to be big for Bryce Callahan and Ronald Darby but win healthy Mace you got three lockdown cornerbacks and they all get to play their spots too. Uh, Ron Darby gets to play outside, which is where he he's played over 95% of his snaps. Uh, same with Kyle Fuller. He gets to be that playmaker baller on the outside as well. And then with Bryce Callahan, you get to keep him inside. You don't have to worry about putting him outside where he's still good outside, but he's just an absolute stud on the inside. And when you were talking about how this kind of all comes together for George Payton and is part of the plan, it just reminded me of, they, the Broncos were aggressive, but not reckless here, Mace. I think we talked about on Friday, I would have been okay with the Broncos giving up a third round pick to the Bears in order to secure Ronald Darby. That would have been very, very aggressive. In my mind, it wouldn't have been reckless. We kind of said the, the line of being reckless was a second round pick. Well, George Payton played his hands very, very cool. He did not go out uh, and seem desperate to get Kyle Fuller. No, he sat back. Bears didn't release him after the first day, which was a surprise to everyone. He continued to sit back. Once he was released, boom, aggressive, went after him. And Mace, my one question to you is, I think the one-year deal makes a lot of sense for Kyle Fuller in this down market being released many days, almost a week after uh, the big money was dished out. It makes a lot of sense for him. And heck, $9 million for a prove-it deal is pretty darn good for a player. But my question to you is, can you kind of put, why would this make sense for the Broncos? That that's the only thing that just doesn't fully make sense to me is on just on Thursday night, we heard George Payton saying how far away this team was. And I understand this is a great move for this year. Ideally, wouldn't you like to have locked him in for three, four years? But what if he walked away from that? What was that? What, if, what if that was a deal breaker? What if Kyle Fuller said, Hey, yeah. if it's a three year deal, I'm not biting, but I'll do a one-year deal. Yeah, and then you're absolutely right. Yeah. You do the one-year deal, and then what you say, if you're Vic and you're George, you say, I'm going to trust ourselves to get him in here, show him what this is like, and then re-sign him. Yeah, I, I think actually the, the way the, the pieces are starting to fit, um, it's looking like a little bit like Buffalo a few years ago. Now, what is interesting on the Bills, of course, is that they – 
went nine and seven, got to the playoffs. It was an important year for rebuilding the culture of the Buffalo Bills after missing the postseason for 17 consecutive seasons. But they still took a step back at the end of the year, looked at how it happened, looked at Tyrod Taylor and said, no, 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 this guy isn't our guy. And they went into the draft in 2018, made the moves to get Josh Allen. And they took a step back in the short term to take the big leap forward in the long term. And the reason why I bring that that up is you kind of have a couple of possibilities here, potentially, uh, if, you know, if quarterback goes a certain way. You could do what the Bills did and say, all right, we're going to just ride the quarterback that we have, see where he goes. And if he doesn't launch to a point where we know he's the long-term guy, then we'll go good, get our guy from the future next year. Of course, there's a long debate about that could be had about the quality of quarterbacks next year. And also the Broncos would be dealing from a lower draft position. And so if they didn't accumulate extra capital, they would, it would be tough for them to move up. But the other possibility is, and it applies to one quarterback in particular is saying, all right, we're going to have our guy of the future. And if drew lockout plays him, he could be the guy and we'll trade the surplus, but maybe we already have that guy in our building. And that is where someone like Trey Lance, who clearly is somebody that the general consensus is needs to sit at least a half season. I would say probably closer to the full season, sit, watch, and learn before you consider putting him out there. And so you could have a scenario where if you get Lance, he sits behind Drew Locke. And if Drew Locke doesn't become show signs of becoming more than just a mid-tier quarterback, then in 2022, you've got your QB in the future, you hand the keys to him, and maybe you take a short, a short-term step back to make a long-term leap forward, but at least you're doing so saying, hey, last year we were a playoff team, everybody had this, the taste of success, finally, with this organization, we can go forward. And so there are some intriguing possibilities here, and it could maybe not look exactly like the development of the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, those who've listened to this podcast know how much I admire uh, the brain trust of the Bills and how they've gone about to things over the last few years. But it could have some very common threads in the DNA. If it's a Trey Lance, it's your quarterback. The difference just may be that you have the quarterback already in incubating, whereas Buffalo wait until the 2018 draft. There's yep. some possibilities here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And man, if it's anything close to the Buffalo Bills, well, the Broncos will certainly, certainly mm-hmm. take that. And Mace, over the weekend, when this news dropped, uh, since we talked about it on the pod so much on Friday, we thought we had that covered from the pod perspective. But I dropped an article on signing Kyle Fuller. You dropped a great article on the Broncos signing Fuller. And those are the benefits that you get when you become a member. Not only do you get to have your comments read and heard on the pod, but you get to read all of our stuff and not just the Broncos stuff either. You get to read all of Colorado sports from CU to CSU. Speaking of which, some fun basketball going on, especially for both of those teams over the weekend. But you get Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Broncos. You get all of our content over at thednvr.com. And you also get to support us. We do this podcast for free, but signing up really, really helps us becoming a member. And if you sign up for the annual membership, you get a free DNVR shirt from our locker. You get a weekly discount code at D 
DNVR locker every single week at the bar. You get the big beer for the price of a small beer. And for the next couple hundred members, when you sign up, you will get a recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness, which is a stick that packs 10 milligrams of CBD. And this one is focused on recovery from our friends over at Holistic Wellness. All you need to do is top, pop the top of the stick, pour it in any drink, stir and consume. They're amazing. And you can check out their reviews over at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And they're offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase over at Holistic Wellness using the code DNVR30. So sign up, get an annual membership, get a free shirt from the locker, get a big beer for the price of a small beer at DNVR. Make sure you, you'll be supporting us as well, and you'll get the free Holistic Stick when signing up. So make sure to join our family. And when you do, drop a comment in the comment section introducing yourself. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you go to the DMVR bar and you're a member and you get those big beers, you can get a big Breckenridge brew. That's kind of the key to it. And of course, we've got the array of Breckenridge brews on tap over at the DMVR bar. So uh, drink up, drink responsibly. If you have a little too much, make sure you've got yourself a ride home. But uh, that member beer is a good thing, is a good thing to have, especially when you've got a safe ride back to where home or your hotel wherever you are. Breckenridge Brewery, of course, is the official beer of DNVR. And of course, to support our partners, to support us during this still crazy time. But it's not just about the beer at Breckenridge Brewery right now. It's also about seltzer. Good company, hard seltzer. It's out. You can find it at local grocery stores in Colorado in a Jokic 15 pack. They've got apple, pear, cherry, peach, berry, and as Krusty the Clown would say, the money melon, honeydew. Head on over to the Breck Beer Locator and see where the closest 15-pack of Breckenridge Seltzers is to you and go and pick one up. They will not disappoint you. Also, if you're in the Denver area, go to the DMVR bar, but also check out the Farmhouse, Breckenridge Brewery's restaurant down at their brewery facility in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe. Just go on Santa Fe, straight out of downtown, and you'll soon be at the Farmhouse. You can use that magical code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. So if you can't go in person, uh, make, an, uh, make an order over the phone. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. and use that magical code DNVR and get $5 off your meal at the farmhouse. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you. Don't forget also, they too have the array of Breckenridge brews, so you can get some Breck brews to go from the farmhouse down in Littleton. Of course, You've got the 15-can sampler, not only of the seltzers, but also of those delicious Breckenridge brews. Check that out through Drizzly. And if you're outside of Colorado and you, you're furrowing your brow, you're saying, all right, where can I get some of these delicious Breckenridge brews? Well, just check out the Breck Beer Locator on their website. The thing that I have found in my travels around this country covering the Denver Broncos is that the odds are I'm not too far from someplace that said that has those delicious Breckenridge brews. I found them in Buffalo. I found them in Atlanta. I found them in Pittsburgh, found them in Wisconsin. Pretty easy. You're probably not too far from a grocery store, liquor store, even a pharmacy convenience store, whatever that has some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. So make sure you look, use the Breck beer locator to find out where you can have a taste of Colorado, wherever you are in this country, Breckenridge brewery, the official beer of DNVR. 
And if you are moving to Colorado or anywhere, make sure to check out our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, who are members of our DNVR family. They are a great husband and wife duo over at Chevalier Mortgage, and they've been DNVR partners for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. If you're buying a home, make sure to check out Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. But also, if you want to refinance, Mike and Virginia are the perfect people to go to because there's great mortgage rates out there right now. But Mike and Virginia are not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates. But what really sets them apart is that Mike is a certified financial planner that looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They look at your entire financial picture and help create the best loan for you. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number, which is huge to us, and it's huge to you as well. So make sure you check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. You can actually give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578 and visit them at dnvrmortgage.com for a chance to enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's Michael and Virginia Chevalier over Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS one 19- nine. One zero six three one. All right, mates. Let's jump into the comments. We got to do a speed round because we got to talk to Justin Simmons today, and we got a lot of people talking to us. So let's jump into them. First one from Mark It Snatch. Hey guys, did Philip Lindsay just become Matt Duchesne? What do you think of that, Mace? Uh, maybe. I mean, um, I'll admit you got to give me a little backstory on Matt Duchesne here because I don't, I mean, I know the general gist, I just don't know the details of it. Cause I'm not, I don't really, I follow the lightning. I only really follow the abs. So, well, and, and I think it's, it's similar to Duchesne, you know, a Colorado guy, not as much of a Colorado guy as Phil, uh, but a guy that, that uh, it seemed like he was going to be here forever in the, the Hollywood story. And, and then it just, it didn't work out that way. Um, and with Phil there, there, it wasn't a bad ending uh it just wasn't a, a great one and so no story no no story tale uh or fairy tale to to end his time here and Mace, the news over the weekend that phil is signing with the houston texans oh man that is not a good situation i i feel bad for phil happy that he got over three million dollars but man it, it's head scratching to me yeah uh, what are the te- what are the texans not need right now another running back <laughs> exactly hey. <laughs> and uh yeah tyrod taylor and uh ryan finley at quarterback potentially <laughs> uh yeah um i hope he gets his carries i hope he gets his touches um but yeah uh, that's that's not a great scenario i think part of the reason why i didn't got another thing with matt duchene i didn't make the connection i'm like oh well i mean was he from colorado so the big part of phil and is frankly in this underscored kind of his appeal is that he was a Colorado guy um, because CJ Anderson um, had some similar production. And of course he was an RFA that got uh, the original round tender and the Broncos ended up bringing him back. But for the most part, CJ Anderson and Phil Lindsay end up in pretty similar production levels over time. And yet there wasn't that same connection with CJ that there was with Phil. And so it is the, Denver South High CU situation 
And, you know, people, uh, people haven't seen that very often. There have been very few guys who have played high school ball, college ball, and then played for the Broncos and did it all in Colorado. Philip Lindsay did, you know, Tyler Columbus uh, did. It's a short, but there, there's a, it's a short, short list of guys that kind of took all three steps. And so you, you embrace that when he's there. And yeah, it's, it's sad to see that, see him move on in that way, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Yep, it is. He goes on and says, two, last year we started going through a list that we didn't get a chance to finish. Take off your reporter cap and grab your fan hat. We went around the NFL by division to discuss our team's greatest game against other teams and to determine the greatest game against that division. For example, while Tebow to Thomas may have been the best game against the Steelers, the best AFC North game went to the drive. We left off with the NFC North. So what was the best game against the Chicago Bears and for the Broncos and Mesa's Bucks? Was it John Elway and Jim McMahon's legendary duel in 87, another OT Tebow thriller, or does something else come to mind? And for the Bucks, does the battle of Broncos, Brian Greasy and Kyle Orton duking it out in 2008, take the cake, take the cake, or perhaps one of the absolute beat beat down, shut down, shout out represents the best something else. Okay. Best game against the bears for the Broncos and, and the Bucks. First one, the Broncos, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that game in 1987 Monday night football, not long after the strike. Uh, I believe it was the bears taking an early lead uh, with Jim McMahon slinging it around and then John Elway firing right back and putting the Broncos out in front and uh, ending up going, I believe Steve Sewell had the game when he touched down the fourth quarter in that one, a very exciting, very exciting game. And that's why it gets the nod over the Tebow game back in 2011 uh, on the negative side, a very exciting game for the, for in Broncos bears was that Oh seven game. Otherwise known as the Devin Hester game. Oh, it did gosh. not end the way the Broncos wanted to, but it was an, ex- it was a thrilling game. Brandon Marshall had a long touchdown catch Broncos looked like they were ahead for a win. And then you had the Devin Hester returns. You had a blocked punt in that it all just fell apart really quickly for the Broncos. They blew a 14 point lead and eventually lost in overtime. So uh, that might be uh, the most exciting game from a neutral perspective, but obviously you want to choose a Broncos win bucks bears. I mentioned an emo- like a, an emotional connection for me, a game in 1999 season uh, when the bucks clinched the division. Uh, another one that comes to mind between the bucks and bears uh, was in 1989 they played a couple of very high scoring games that year. They played the bucks swept the bears. They won 42 35 early in the season. I believe it was in weeks at uh, week five. And then uh, later on in the season in November, and you can find this game on YouTube, a 32 31 win uh, by the bear, by the bucks over the bears that sees the lead change hands. And I, I want more. I believe like, I believe, Half the points in that game were scored in the last five minutes. It was just wow. a, a a wacky punch for punch ending that went that went on uh, with the Bucks getting in the last knockout with a, a field goal by Donald Eagle Weeke as time expired to give them their first win in Soldier Field in I believe a decade. So that that's an exciting game. That one was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that that that's great, Mace. And I'm going to throw out another one. Um, maybe the one of the most recent ones. Um, in 2015, it was Brock Osweiler's first start against the Bears, filling in for Peyton. And not only did the Broncos get the dub, 17 to 15, uh, and kept the train rolling in the 2015 season, but there was a lot of hope about Brock Osweiler's future with the team after that game when he posted a magnificent 127.1 passer rating. And uh, you know, may, maybe not the best game. I think some other ones that that you said may take the cake but that was an important game for uh for the broncos in that season i'm glad i think it's funny that you used the word magnificent yeah I what is it about <laughs> about young quarterbacks having magnificent first starts <laughs> it's almost like there really is something to the whole thing of not having any film on a guy seriously exactly <laughs> anyway good good stuff mark thank you casper fellas is there any chance that the nfl would ever change its overtime format to what they do in college I hope, but uh, I, I don't know. The NFL doesn't really change things like that. They, they made the change a couple of years ago for him instead of being the first score to where if you get a field goal, the other team gets a field goal. So I don't see a change happening. I hope not, at least not to oh. that. I, I hate college overtime. Oh, wow. That's a hot take, Mace. It's too contrived. Uh, the, now, the only thing I would like to see with college overtime in the NFL it is the equivalent of in soccer deciding a game on penalty kicks. So right. what you should do is play in overtime and each team gets the ball at least once, period, even if one team gets a touchdown to start. I hate that whole thing. If they score touchdowns over. So each team gets the ball once on offense. And if you're tied after the overtime period, then you go to the college overtime. So basically what I'd be saying is no more ties. It's, it's a win or a loss. Yeah. And you're using, uh, you're using that college tiebreaker to break an overtime tie because it's just, it's too, starting at the 25 Zach, it's just too contrived. That's it's fair. not football. And, and I like the way that you put it, Mace. I, I like your compromise. And one thing that we may see, yeah. is what you talked about where the NFL changes the rule where uh, they don't ever incorporate college, but they incorporate the, f the fact that uh, uh, both teams get a chance to touch the ball, regardless of if a touchdown is scored. And I think it should at least be that. So good question there. Next one from yep. peanut with McManus and Purcell converting their roster bonuses to signing bonuses and all the free agency moves. Where does the ca salary cap sit at? Well, peanut we'll, we'll have a uh, Mace. Do you have that number up? Um, I know we're still getting some mm -hmm. final details on some of the contracts, but I, 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 my, my guess is there's a good estimate out there. Well, I'm looking at a over the cap right now and over the cap does not account for the, uh, for the nine and a half million dollar number on uh, that we have on Kyle Fuller. It does account for Justin Simmons's cap number this year being just 5.75 million. So if you take Kyle Fuller's 9.5, because of course it's a one year deal, so it's all going to hit on this year there. And you then deduct that from 30, approximately 37.1 million. You've got, get out the advocates here, 37.1, uh, 28. Uh, you have, I believe, uh, $27.6 million of cap space. 
Yeah, and according to uh, to Spot Rack, the other one, uh, the Broncos would have yep, just around thirty million dollars of cap space. Now you do need to save about nine or ten million dollars for the draft class as well, but still, the Broncos have money to use if they if they want to. Now, one thing that I will caution people is I don't think they use every dollar of cap space this year, especially with the way they're constructing contracts, where uh, right. Justin Simmons has a much bigger hit next year and the year after than this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they roll some money over. Now, right now, Zach, based on the deals that they've set up and the cap numbers for next year, the $18.85 million cap number for Justin in 2022, the 13 mil number for Darby, the 11 million number for Shelby Harris, the Broncos, based on a projected salary cap of $202 million, according to Over the Cap, are sitting at a nice $69.9 million dollar cap figure for 2022 but as we see those that number gets they spend pretty quickly now could that cap go higher absolutely depending on the bounce back in revenues but that being said i think the bounce back in revenues is going to be limited this year in part because what we talked about how teams a lot of teams kept the money from season tickets last year because people would tell the customer would say okay don't refund me you can keep the money and then apply it to next year. So the revenue bounce back is not going to be total this year. And those TV contracts don't start kicking in until the 2022 and 2023 seasons. Yeah, it's a really good point, Mace. All right, let's enter speed mode. Next one coming yes. in from Melvin Gordon's Burner. It's been a while since I've commented, but I had to ask, when did this become the DNVR Philip Lindsay podcast? To me, some of the Broncos fans in the comments are tell are telling on themselves when they describe how they would rather see Phil destroy our, our defense if and when he ever comes back to play here. I'd imagine that there is lots of love for Phil in the locker room, but if he comes to the to, to the D versus Phil. I'm putting money on the Broncos D all day, every day. Don't get me wrong. I like Phil, but he's a good, not great running back who never proved himself in the pass catching game and can't pass protect in an age where passing is king in the NFL. I put money on our D almost entirely because when Phil comes into the mile high field next, there's a 99.999% chance the play he's in will be a run. Stacking Phil or Broncos stacking the box and Phil ain't going far. I like the idea of liking a specific player, but I'll never understand turning on your own team because they moved on from a player they didn't have solid plans for. What's more, I always hear how teams should play pay play payers for what they're going to do and not for what they've done and the name on their jersey. To me, rooting for keeping Phil means you're rooting against Shermer and the offense succeeding this coming season. And by extension, if you're doing that, you're almost rooting against Vic succeeding. I'll take Vic Shermer and the offense next season over an average one trick pony running back. Melvin Gordon's burner is actually an app name for this. I would say <laughs> it is. And I think you, you make some fair points there, Melvin Gordon's mm-hmm. burner. And I think we can tie it back into, you know, Phil signing a one year, $3 million deal with the Texans is um, yes. Other teams valued him more than the Broncos did, but it's not like he went out there and got uh, a three year deal for $15 million or anything like that. Right. He got, he basically got the deal that he would have gotten if, uh, the Broncos had given him a second round tender, which would have brought him back. Yeah. Roughly the same kind of contract. Yeah. So, you know, it's, so it's, you know, it's, it's it, I can't really say it, it worked out. Maybe you can say it did. It just kind of, it's one of those things where it's not a happy ending. It's not a sad ending. It's just an ending. 
Yep, exactly. Not one that a lot of fans wanted, but Melvin Melvin Gordon's burner clearly sees it a different way. <laughs> now, Nick Scott sees it a different way than Melvin Gordon's uh, burner. Says, in reference to Philip Lindsay leaving, this is to be sung to the rhythm of Pain by Three Days Grace. Zach, do you know that song? Uh, definitely not, no. Neither do I. <laughs> I, I imagine with Three Days Grace, there's a lot of screaming. Uh, maybe. Maybe uh, I'll just do this in, in William Shatner spoken word mode. <laughs> Pain without Phil. Pain. I've had enough. Pain. He plays so rough because I'd rather have Phil than Melvin with the ball. That's how I feel. That is all for now. Keep up the great work, fellas. How did I do? Uh, you killed it, Mace. Absolute perfection there. And I love it. Back-to-back comments. We see the pain <laughs> that some people have with Phil going, and we see some other people saying it's the right move. And, and that's what this comment section is about. We want to hear what you think. Yes, exactly. So thank you, Nick Scott. Count Locula. RK once wrote, quote, Joe Burrow is the perfect case study to illuminate how the wrong the Broncos are to continue trying to run their archaic 1990s offense, unquote. I would argue that little has changed. Love the count. Mm, yeah, we'll, uh, I wonder where the count sits with Philip Lindsay. Seems like he would rather have uh, Phil than Pat Shermer with that comment. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Next one from Buckeye Bronco. Fellas, fellas, fellas. I've heard Big Mace call out a call on his soapbox in the past couple of pods. I love it. It gets me amped. I have a suggestion, if not already thought of. Can you three make a soapbox session of your own in the podcast? How about, or how awesome would that be? Never forget, live, laugh, and Breck Brew. Yeah, a soapbox session or a, a family guy reference uh, you know what really grinds my gears? You know, something like that. I can't do, I can't mm-hmm. do a Peter Griffin. I can't do a good Rhode Island accent, but <laughs> yeah. You know, what really grinds my gears? What would really grind my gears if the Broncos look at the quarterbacks available for trade and say, Nick Foles is our guy. <laughs> that would grind my gears. Yes, that would be not good. Yeah. If you're talking about a quarterback to add to that room, uh, and this could be an addition to a draft pick, but at least kind of for, fortify the room. At least Minshew and Darnold offer you some upside. Right. Nick Foles is – I would only be happy with Nick Foles, Zach, if a round corn run one quarterback this year were the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But you know what? I had similar feelings back in 2018 when the Broncos signed Case Keenum. I'm like, okay, I'll be fine with this if the Broncos draft somebody in round one at quarterback, and they didn't. So – you know, I'm, I'm, I've become prepared for disappointment. Oh no. Well, George Payton hasn't been disappointing this past week for, for many people, but I, the Phil right. crowd certainly has been disappointing. Next one from, Oh, by the way, like most of Broncos country, Phil's departure is a bummer. While I'll proudly wear my Phil mile high salute shirt until it disintegrates. It looks like we need a new DNVR shirt. Luckily the number 58 goat stays. Can we look forward to rocking Shelby Harris batting a ball in the red zone? Ooh, I like that. I mean, we could get maybe Shelby on in our red zone, and then maybe we can also get him on a shirt in the on the red zone. That'd be pretty sweet. A, a Shelby Harris shirt. We could, you know what? We could sell it in two states. Maybe it would have some appeal in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, his, it, it does. His hometown. And I'm not sure I have met anybody that is prouder of their hometown than Shelby is of Milwaukee. Yeah. I think that's so cool. 
Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, uh, just like Russell Wilson says, go Hawks after every uh, ev- every press conference, except for one at the end of the season, which caused a little stir. Uh, that's pretty much what Shelby does with the Bucks when he go walks Bucks. off. <laughs> go Bucks. <laughs> fear the deer. No, or he says fear the deer. Right. Yep. Fear. Yep. <laughs> All right. Fear the deer. All right. Alex UK Bronco. Hey there, guys. Hello from Lancashire, England. Broncos just signed Kyle Fuller. So what would you like the Broncos to do now in round one? Draft a quarterback at nine, move back into mass picks, or draft best player available? Zach, I think I know what you want the Broncos to do at number nine. QB, QB, QB. And a specific QB. Go ahead and say it. Uh, name name them, but I'll take Mac Jones at nine. <laughs> exactly. See, that like this is what you really want. In your heart of hearts, that's who you really want. That's okay. That's fine. If you could tell me that a year from now, the Broncos could make moves in terms of trading down, accumulating picks and would end up with Sam Howell next year. If you could tell me that I would say trade down, get an extra one next year, use that to move up, get Sam Howell. There's my long-term guy. I love it. I love it. And, but, and, and yeah, mm. but if we're talking about this year, bird in the hand, we're two in the bush. And I could, tr- I can trade to get a quarterback or stand pat. Then Trey Lance is the guy I'd take, even though it means letting him incubate for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And Mace, what, while I, you know, Zach for Mac is absolutely on, I really am okay with any of the top five quarterbacks in this draft with the Broncos, either trading up for or grabbing at nine. I'm okay with any of them for the Broncos at nine. But if they really want, if they really love one of them and they want them, with the exception of Mac Jones, I think they need to be thinking about trading up. If they say Justin Fields is our guy, then you got to move up to make sure you get Justin Fields. I, and, and if yeah. they be, if they believe in that guy, do it. Yep. Yep. Do I- it. I totally, totally agree. Mace, we had to start this pod earlier today because of the Justin Simmons press conference, and I needed a jolt to get me going for this early pod, and I turned to Strava Craft Coffee. Not only is it delicious CBD coffee, but you get that jolt in the morning that everyone needs, and it packs that great CBD punch. And speaking of packing punches, I have a code for you to save 25%. Use the magical code DNVR25 at checkout on your first order over at Strava Craft Coffee, and you'll get 20% off the delicious CBD coffee. That's code DNVR25. And if you've used the code DNVR20 in the past, the old code, you can use DNVR25 to get 25% off. And then here's the great thing. Once you fall in love with Strava, you subscribe to them and you'll save 20% off every single order after that 20% every single time. And you can have your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off price. If you want to just have it that hassle free taken care of. So make sure to check out Strava craft coffee. Also make sure to check out our friends over at Gabby insurance. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially right now. So let's ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 in your pocket? Because that is how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when shopping for insurance, use Gabby. Gabby takes the pain uh, shopping for insurance by giving you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names that you know, such as Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage 
that you currently have. And if they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you have the best rate out there and they will never sell your info. So no annoying robocalls, no spam coming into your inbox. You don't have to worry about that. So find out how much Gabby can save you on insurance. It's free to check and there's no obligation. Go to gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Remember, they will not sell your info. You will not get blown up with insurance calls after checking out Gabby. And that itself is super comforting. One more time, head on over to gabby.com. G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR and find out how much you can save and make sure you get that slash DNVR in there to give us some cred and support our partners. And another great partner is Hassle Cattle Company, which is going to give you that hassle-free beet life. We brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm table Wagyu beef in the country. It's a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas that ships all over the USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Franks with no fillers, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, but the country loves their beef. And they get that blue-collar Wagyu by taking their registered bulls and bringing them with Angus cows, which yields that very high prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So go to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. And if you order $200 worth of beef from Hassle Cattle Company, you'll get free shipping. So remember, DNVR10 for 10% off. Hit $200 and you're going to get free shipping. Look, you've got a freezer. So you get extra beef, put it in your freezer. And then when that time comes, you say, I want to grill it today, but I don't want to go to the grocery store. I want to be lazy, stay at home. You realize, oh yeah, right. I've got a New York strip in my freezer because I spent $200 at Hassle Cattle Company to get the free shipping. And then you go to your freezer thought, and then it is, you've got that some of that great hassle cattle company beef that's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com the nvr 10 for 10 percent off 200 bucks free shipping all right mace let's continue here in the comment section next one coming in from uh bronco 216 hey guys this is my first time commenting my girlfriend signed me up for an account for christmas Awesome. I have been a fan for a few years now and it has been fun to watch it grow. I was thinking it would be interesting at this point after the Fuller signing to hear how you guys think things would be lining up right now in free agency. And overall, if Elway hadn't moved out of his GM role, boy, that's a, that's a great question. It's a spicy question. Um, wow. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying this. I think Kyle Fuller is still a Bronco. Yes, I think because- so too. I think that one was Vic. That's a Vic move, pure and simple. I'm not sure if Shelby Harris is back. I don't think he's back. I don't think there's a long-term deal for Justin Simmons either. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know that those would have worked out. It was just so interesting how the Broncos, uh, and it had been a source of friction in the locker room, the notion that they were rewarding players who weren't from that locker room, that they were just, okay, we're going to give the big money to Jawan James. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, if we're going to talk about the Broncos retaining guys, you have to give John Elway credit for Garrett Bowles. 
Brandon McManus, Mike Purcell, who all are first teamers that sign contract extensions with a team. So right. I think maybe the Broncos had gone in a direction. I just, I don't know if Shelby would have been back. That's, that's the one that kind of jumps out to me and saying they probably would have uh, let him test the market. I agree. And I don't think, uh, I don't think Philip Lindsay's back either. I think the mm-hmm. same thing happens. Cause that, that wasn't just a George Payton call. That was, that was much more to that. Uh, and, and I think the Broncos spend a little bit more on a cornerback instead of Darby. I think they get a guy that was more $15 million. I think, I think Elway hits huge on that first day. Even though it, it, even that said, it's interesting to look back and say that Ronald Darby is getting more than Kyle Fuller, at least for this year, you know, Darby is a 10 year average per year figure, whereas Fuller is 9.5. It's just how the market shook out. But uh, it's interesting because I think we all agree Fuller is CB1. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Next one from Casper. Fellas, with a 17 game schedule on the horizon, what single season records do you see getting broken? Yeah, I got to give the tip of the cap to Mike DeSico for saying, most games played in the season seems ripe to be broken. Uh, yes, that oh. one for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, at some point because of this, Peyton's records are going to be broken. The, this, the single season passing touchdown. yards and touchdowns, and that's a bummer. Yeah, pretty much every record that it involves stat accumulation, I think, ends up being broken. And even though this is a passing-centric era, I think that means that uh, – Eric Dickerson's single season rushing record gets broken as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Maybe by Derek Henry. Roll That's tide. the guy that I, that really jumped in my mind as mm-hmm. the one that I could see hit, becoming the NFL's maybe taking as far as 2,200 yards and becoming the NFL's first 2,200 yard runner. Henry's yeah. the guy. Henry's the guy. Although, I mean, let's say the Broncos trade down and pick Najee Harris. And uh, oh. we know that Pat Shermer likes to feed his running back. Mm-hmm. and likes to feed a bell cow. Hmm. Just Man, saying. that would be something. Next one coming in from Ozzy wants the stash. I like Peyton's mind. He's making smart calls. This was a great hire. Finish the holes at quarterback and running back, and we can contend. Love yeah. it, Ozzy. Very optimistic. Yeah. And, hey, I mean, if they get a quarterback or they get good play out of a quarterback, because that includes Phil as well, this team could could will absolutely be a winning team this year. 100%. And actually, it's at the point where they could get fairly average pedestrian uh, quarterback play. Uh, Drew Locke, has, let's say Drew Locke has a, a, even a passer rating that is on the low side of average, say 89. Mm. That puts a, that probably put him about, about a 20th. Yeah. And that's where, if he, he's there, that's where I'm saying, okay, that's fine, but I'm not building around him. But it's kind of, but that's sort of the equivalent of what Tyrod Taylor did for the Bills a few years ago. Right. Below, you know, you're not building around him, but it was enough to get you a nine and seven with a good defense. Yep. Yep. And maybe that's a Marcus Mariota this year. And, or the other thing is maybe this is where, when you're looking at the quarterbacks available and you're saying, okay, I want somebody to compete with drew lock. Now that you put together this defense, maybe the priority is, okay, who is the guy who is the lowest mistake guy out there of the guys you could trade for? And that's where the road would lead to Gardner Minshew. Yep. Yep. And give me the stash, just like the Aussie says. <laughs> yep. Exactly. 
orange and blue all over. Let's go. Pumped about the cornerback room now. How quickly that changed. That's for real. Is Vic starting to have a bit of a quarterback effect on free agency with defensive guys willing to take a discount to play in his system so they can look better and get paid more on the next contract? Shelby last year and Fuller this year. Well, Shelby didn't want to take that discount. Shelby was probably going to be an Indianapolis Colt before the DeForest Buckner trade. And then uh, Shelby ends up coming to, back to Denver because the market dried up. That wasn't something he wanted to do. Kyle Fuller is, yeah, if I'm going to sign a one-year deal, I want to play with my guy Vic yeah. where I have my best season. And if I have a season like I did back in 2018, then I've got one good big chance to score here as I'm approaching my 30th birthday before I end up having my NFL career over the next few years wind to a conclusion. Yeah. You're, it's a fantastic point there, orange and blue all over, because Vic did get Kyle Fuller at that discount as well. So certainly that's a great example. Yep. D Bronk, very disappointed Fuller didn't get an emergency pod. I guess college basketball comes first. Well, <laughs> Whoa. hey, well, we, we gave you articles and uh, yeah. we, we talked about doing one, but we, you know, we, we pretty much talked about Kyle, Ful- Kyle Fuller being a Bronco on Friday. It just seemed like that was absolutely the route that, that they were going. Yeah, I know I suggested it, but I suggested it kind of hoping that the answer was going to be no, <laughs> uh, because I had to take my daughter. She does some like Irish step thing, like I- Irish step uh, dancing, kind of like river dance, basically. And her, you know, her, her school of Irish step, uh, they did some performances at nursing homes on Saturday because ev- now that everyone, all the nursing home patients have been vaccinated, gotten their jabs they're kind of free to go over there. So they danced for the nursing home patients. And then they had a final performance over at an, an Irish pub, kind of in honor of St. Patrick's day. And it got canceled the previous weekend. So I had just enough time to write an article and get to the final stop. Mm. Well, I'm so happy po- you were able to make yeah. it a pot. So I knew we might have to do a podcast. A podcast would have meant I didn't make that final stop. So, well, I'm happy you made yeah. the final stop, Mason. Yeah, I'm happy that we're talking to y'all today. Yeah, Next so my daughter for- was happy with the choice to not do a podcast. And with all respect, <laughs> Deep Bronk, that's kind of what comes first to me. <laughs> Very fair. Next one from Danimal. Zach, the article on culture change knocked it out of the park, my man. That is something I've been waiting for for a while. And you guys have discussed, discussed extensively. LA did not promote a culture that encouraged player loyalty or buy-in with his negotiating and leadership style. My only remaining concern, ownership withstanding, Fangio's game management and stubbornness. His rookie year, he gets a pass, but cost us two, potentially three games with game management issues and not even consider a change when pressed for answers concerns me sometimes his dated way of thinking leads me to wonder if it isn't cut for if he isn't cut for the head coaching gig he comes off as an nfl version of patches O'Houlihan from dodgeball i can actually totally picture fangio standing behind the deed line at practice chucking wrenches at running backs and yelling if you can't dodge a wrench you can dodge a linebacker <laughs> i'm hoping peyton read him the riot act and gave him the ultimatum that either he continues doing things his way but his job is hanging 
hanging by a thread or make some makes some dictates adjustments such as game manager when defense is on the field bringing a game analytics specialist back in the building etc and he's given a full season of leeway but or, or we have all the tools to be a contender but Fangio has failed to do so properly sorry for the rambling but this one is what I'm curious about your insight Danimal well thank you so much for the kind words Danimal I really appreciate it yeah, I want to know what, what Vic Fangio's plan is here before I, I kind of rip him one way or another. Maybe instead of saying, oh, it's, you know, if the defense is on the field and the, then the offensive guy has got it, maybe he has decided that one person on his staff is going to be a game management person and focus on that. And if that's the case, then I think that'll be the answer we need. So we don't know that yet. It may be something, uh, frankly, I think you just gave me the question I'm going to ask Fangio next time we get a chance to ask him questions. Oh, love it about yeah. uh, analytics and, and game management. Yep. And say, okay, I know uh, it worked this way that year. Uh, where, last year, which direction are you going in? Are you going to continue to kind of rotate among the coaches or are you going to have somebody specific? You have somebody specifically devoted to this. Yeah. I, I love it. Next one from maybe the dingo HL baby says March 18th, 2021. I really can't believe that a pro bowl running back and, and team leader has no place on the 2021 Broncos locker room. Seriously. What the heck? I guess they see Royce as a better choice. Also shake my head off my disgust for this team's disloyalty. And on to my question, is there a chance that anyone cut for, for cap concerns returns to the team like Jarrell Casey, potentially there's well, one guy. It's cream Jackson. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He would be the guy that would return. Yeah, that's that's the one. And I think we see how the market bears itself out. It'd be on a one year deal, uh, probably less than what he'd want. But yeah, th that's something that is still in play. Pismo Beach Broncos 07. Is Sherman really more valuable to this team than Philip Lindsay? If anything, his inability to use him should make it more of an indictment on his inability to manage a game or scheme correctly. Don't even get me started with Locke, although I'm not sure that's all Shermer's fault. Then Fangio, this team has been undisciplined and subpar on defense, especially with the highest paid defense in the league. Not very impressive from an old school defensive guru. The defense was better under Wade Phillips and Jack Del Rio. I'd argue the talent was also better for most of that time too. Then the game mismanagement. This was something that was recurring. Why didn't Payton move on from these guys? Is it just the contracts? If anything, even if we load the team with talent, isn't the staff a liability? Dang, we need an owner like Pat again. I, I get where you're coming from, but I also think they want to see kind of how that Peyton wants to see how this year bears itself out teams like what Fangio does schematically. They, we see it with the, you know, green Bay going in a Fangio direction on defense. We see Brandon Staley getting the job with the chargers and implementing some of those comp those concepts. So here you have kind of the OG of those. I think, okay, you upgrade the talent, you upgrade the defense, see where it goes. If it doesn't work out this year. And I, I think frankly, Zach, 17-game schedule makes it kind of perfect. You're going to have a winning season or a losing season unless there's a tie thrown in there. Winning season, I think Vic's back. Losing season, I think he's out the door. Yeah, and what have we seen Vic do or, or George Payton do since he's been hired? He has just taken a step back and looked at everything. He hasn't even changed his, his scouting department one bit. Now, I think some changes come after the draft, after he's seeing some things change, but he also wants to see how this coaching staff works, see who's who, who's good, who needs to be changed, and that's what he's going to do. That's what a six-year contract buys you, Mason, in the NFL. It allows you to take that one year back and take a step back. Uh, and you, you hope, you ask the question, is Shermer more 
valuable than Philip Lindsay to this team? You hope so, because if uh, if Philip Lindsay, a backup running back, is more valuable than your offensive coordinator, then that means really bad things for for your offense. I would imagine. Yep, Mike DeSico of these top five quarterbacks, which is most likely to be a bust. And why is it the kid from Alabama? <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Also, on Monday, Shermer High School were the brain, the athlete, the basket case, the princess, and the criminal friends. I'll answer the second question first. They weren't friends. They wouldn't have been friends in kind of the hanging out thing, but there would be knowing nods between them when they passed each other in the hallway. And at some point, I would expect that, that, uh, that uh, Bender, of course, who, you know, who was the criminal or, you know, or the character played by Emilio Estevez, who was the wrestler, the athlete. I would expect that those two people make sure that the brain, Brian Johnson, kind of a nerd, I would expect that they make sure that he was left alone and never bothered. Mm, I like that. I don't never even... beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it a lot, Mace. Um, man, who's the most likely to be a bust of the top five quarterbacks? Certainly well, not Trevor Lawrence. Um, Man, I, I don't think it's Mac Jones. Now, does he have a lower floor than the other ones? Or, I mean, a uh, maybe a more limited ceiling? Some some may make that argument. I'm not going to. Um, but Trey Lance, potential. I mean, he, he's the one where if he doesn't pan out, people are going to say, well, he was at North Dakota State. It's not a surprise he didn't work. Right. I, he is the one that's got the most boomer bust potential. Yeah. And I'd say... There's some bust potential from Justin Fields as well. Yeah, I see that too. Um, I would actually say just and more. This is even though I think Justin Fields is fine. I would say Trey Lance has a little less bust potential because of his brain. Mm. And uh, that's why I'd say maybe Justin Fields a slight thing on bust potential. And I agree with, with Mac Jones. He may have the highest floor, but he also may have the lowest ceiling. I think with yeah. Mac Jones, you're getting somebody who is at least a solid starter. I think so too. In fact, Mace, uh, I'm putting Trevor Lawrence uh, as the least likely to be a bust. I'm putting Mac Jones yeah. second. I, to yeah. me, uh, I, I really like these quarterbacks. So uh, just looking at it from the other side, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson doesn't pan out. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Now, it, it's funny. Like I ruled Trevor Lawrence out because I just didn't think he was in the discussion. Right. I, I'll say this. Trevor Lawrence... Even if he does, I think his floor is about the 14th or 15th best starter in the league. Incredible. That's be his the floor. And that's the interesting thing with the Jaguars and why, even though they weren't active in free, as active in free agency as some expecting to be, and Urban Meyer's complaining about, for, about the free agency process. Well, should have known that when you took an NFL job there, Urban. Jeez. But uh, Jacksonville is going to have a pretty quick turnaround because I think Trevor Lawrence at minimum is a top 12 quarterback this year. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. Count Lockyer letting Jerry Atakshu go was the acme of foolishness. Love the count. Well, you're expecting Von Miller to be healthy and you have Malik Reed and you drafted Derek Tuska. I think the Broncos will be okay. Um, yeah. And, and I saw the count was pretty upset about this. Jeremiah Tachu is a, a guy that can ball. Um, but if you were going to cut some savings in some place, it's a place that you have 18 million invested in Von Miller. Uh, and then you have Malik Reed, who's your third right now. It, it probably is with your fourth linebacker spot. Yep. Very true. Very true. 
Next one is a long one from LDJ oh, says, I want LDJ. <laughs> I love you, but you got to do the TLDR, man. <laughs> we'll hit some of his points. He says, I want to commend you guys for being fair to George Payton, asking awesome questions during press conferences and cover free agency with optimism. Thank you so much, LDJ. That truly means a lot. He says, Payton, as far as done, awesome job. Broncos have roughly 70 million in cap space next year, but that's without Vaughn, Cortland, Chubb, Kyle Fuller, Alexander Johnson, Tim Patrick. He's got a lot of tough decisions to make coming up to keep the team competing for championships. And we don't know if we have our quarterback yet. It's just, it's just such lazy reporting that went on leading up to free agency and a litany of false information claiming Elway is running the show. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Nothing about free agency this year has, has anything to do with Elway. And I, I agree with that. He goes on to give more points about that, but Mace, it's very clear that this is George Payton's show. And one of the reasons why that's very clear is because what you said about Shelby Harris and also making Justin Simmons, the highest paid safety in the NFL. And the players are noticing and they're talk They're all talking about culture change. Yep. Exactly. So it's you've already got some buy-in, but I, I like the fact that there's an acknowledgement that uh, of things weren't working. You just sometimes have to wonder what John Elway thinks of it sitting back. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very interesting. And Mace, we got to leave off yeah. there because we got to go talk to Justin Simmons. We only didn't get to a couple of questions. So if you just want to po post those on tomorrow's pod, we will certainly get to them tomorrow. But thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. Before we get out of here, got to give another shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. So go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver because they have it all. Whether you want to take one class or whether you want to graduate, you can do that at MSU Denver where the tools are right there for you to change your career path. All right, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today on what I thought was a very fun, optimistic podcast. And we will talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Flying cotton would stick to you